Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm bringing you a special episode of the Boca podcast today called Workflow Wednesday. During these special edition episodes, myself and my co-hosts will focus on helping you develop more efficient daily and weekly workflows around post-production, communication, task and project management, time management, file and image management, and yes, the list does go on. We're going to save you an incredible amount of time in your work week, and we promise not to be too nerdy. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. And we are officially live. Uh, for those of you for those of you who are listening in, um, we are actually on Facebook Live. And uh, I'm actually, I'm double checking Facebook here. It looks like we're showing up okay. So if, if uh, for those of you listening in on the podcast format of this show, uh, we are officially on Facebook slash Photographer's Edit or Photog's Edit. The, the Photographer's Edit Facebook page, I'll actually show that real quick on screen so you can see see that for those of you listening in, you're already there. So that, that um, probably is a little bit illogical, but uh, you have joined in Workflow Wednesday with Heather and Haley and myself. And this is just an additional piece of content to bring those of you who are new to the show up to date. This is an additional piece of content that Photographer's Edit is putting out weekly on Wednesday, obviously. Normally at 1 p.m. Eastern uh, today, we moved it back a little bit to adjust for a schedule change uh, to 3 p.m. But this is something that we're pushing out in video format live on Facebook, on the Photographer's Edit Facebook page. And then we'll also be pushing it out later in the day in podcast format, audio format. So for those of you who listen to the Boca podcast, you can listen to that on Wednesday, uh, by Wednesday evening. Um, thanks to Haley and the work that she's doing there. And uh, if you're not currently subscribed to the Boca podcast, make sure that you go to bocapodcast.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash podcast. And, uh, and and listen to not only the Workflow Wednesday episodes, but the gobs. And, I mean, we, we probably have about 100 episodes out now uh, for the Book of Podcasts that center around photography and business and ultimately how we manage to, to work photography and business into our personal life as photographers and entrepreneurs. And so you can check out um, the Book of Podcasts at bookofpodcast.com. We're on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, or the, the Apple Podcast app, on Stitcher and other popular platforms as well. So make sure you check out the Boca podcast. Uh, for those of you who are used to the regular format of the Boca podcast, also just an additional side note, you'll notice the audio is a little bit different. That is because we're taking the audio from the Facebook live feed and uh, just pushing that to the Boca podcast. So the audio quality would be slightly different, but uh, that's the reason for that difference. All right, all of the housekeeping out of the way. Hello, Heather and Haley, thank you so much for joining Workflow Wednesday with us this week. Hello, good to be here. Thanks, Nathan. And uh, I, I, as we normally do now with Workflow Wednesday, we usually start out just kind of catching up a little bit. Um, we like to, to keep the show as personal as possible too. So um, Heather, talk to us a little bit about life in the last week, life and business for that matter in the last week. What's the latest with you? Yeah, so um, Rich and I are excited. We have a working date night planned for this evening where we will uh, continue to um, think about this past year and this coming year and um, see if there's improvements that can be made with our workflow. We have a couple specific things we're talking about, so we're excited about that. That's always a really great breather for us. We feel like we've been on a regular date, even if it's just a working date. So um, my in-laws have the kids on Wednesday evenings, and so that it becomes a really cool time for us to connect and invest in each other and in, and in our business. Um, aside from that, we've been super inspired by the Winter Olympics. I just think, and, and kind of fitting too, just with us talking about exercise today and ways to incorporate that into our lives. And um, so we've been loving that and uh, loved having brunch with you and your kids and Jill the other day and loved the post that you put online about relationships and investing intentionally in relationships because um, if you're anything like me, I struggle to say, you know what, these things can wait. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. And this is important. And you just never regret investing in relationships. It's just has so much value. So those it's are my, so those are my highlights. 
And I'm glad that you brought that point up. And I actually want to, well, actually, before I touch on the relationship topic, you mentioned yourself and Rich having kind of a, a business meeting of sorts. And um, for those of you listening in, uh, Heather and Rich uh, run richsmithphotography.com. That is the, the website. Is that correct? Dot net. Uh-huh. But he'll Dot be net. I'm sorry. Okay, perfect. So you guys check out richsmithphotography.net. And uh, Rich and Heather were on the, the Boca podcast a couple of times already. And you can go back and listen to those episodes as well, kind of get to know them a little bit and what they're doing in business. But I, I love that you guys make time for not only for each other, for the sake of the relationship, but that also for the business communication is key at the end of the day in any kind of relationship, which is also a great segue to the point that you were making about relationships and making time for them. Uh, and, and just to give everyone who's listening a little bit of context on, let's see, it was, was it Saturday? It was on Saturday morning yeah. Yeah. Uh, that myself, uh, my girlfriend, Jill and Heather and Rich and uh, our wonderful friends, Ryan, uh, Ryan Duggar actually was on the podcast as well, not very long ago, but Ryan and his wife, Jeanette, and our kids, uh, or most of our kids, Jill's kids weren't there, but but our kids were, were there as well. We had one big party over at Frothy Monkey, which is this awesome <laughs> coffee shop downtown Chattanooga, right next to the Chattanooga Choo Choo. Had wonderful conversation, but uh, the post that I put up afterward, uh, I just made mention of the importance of if if you prioritize a relationship or any relationships to to act on that, uh, because I've had way too many experiences in the last two or three months in particular, even prior to that, really, uh, with with friends or family, people that I thought I was close to um, who just at the end of the day were making one excuse or another for not actually investing in the relationship. Um, and then if we were actually spending time together, not being willing to actually go deep, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of keeping it surface level. And uh, I love the fact that you and Rich and, and Ryan and Jeanette as well. Haley, we promise we're not trying to leave you out in this conversation. <laughs> um, but I love, that, I love that you guys um, are willing to go deep in conversation. We had a great conversation. Mm-hmm. There was there was uh, talk about maybe doing uh, getting a cabin somewhere and, and spending time together with the kids and so forth. I mean, I, I love the proactivity innate to that interaction that happened on Saturday and ultimately to our relationship. So uh, yeah. for those of you listening in, it, it really is at the end of the day, it's about relationships. I just made this comment to somebody at uh, Starbucks this morning talking about how even in this day and age, uh, 2018 now and all the technology innate to an existence in this time, relationships are still where it's at at the end of the day. And, and in some ways, even more so than before. Uh, and so I think that's really beautiful. It's really wonderful. And, and we, we really should be prioritizing those relationships very proactively. I personally have done so in the last um, couple of months or so by focusing on a certain number of people in my life who um, I not only personally want to invest in, but who are also willing to invest in me and who are also willing to go deep in a relationship uh, with me as well and making an effort to consistently reach out to them, mm-hmm. whether it's something as simple as a text or a phone call or scheduling time to get together or, or anything else, mm-hmm. uh, just trying to be consistent in that effort. And it seems like a really simple thing, but I'm still amazed at how many conversations that I've had or, or responses or comments that I've heard over the last two or three years. Um, again, for people who I would consider friends or you know friends of Jill's or, or otherwise, that are just, it's, it's an excuse at the end of the day. And um, what we have to keep in mind, and, and I say this for myself too, is if we're going to say to someone that they mean something to us, um, and this is not only in our personal relationships, but in our business relationships as well, if we don't actually act on that, then, mm-hmm. then our words end up being hollow. And, and I want my words to mean something, whether I'm speaking to friends or family or otherwise. And uh, so follow through, follow through on those things that, that you say, uh, and this is, again, preaching to me as well, but it's important that we do that and prioritize relationships. We'll all benefit from it. I, I was at a um, something called One Million Cups, uh, which is a, a weekly meeting for entrepreneurs, like a networking meeting, basically, for entrepreneurs, uh, something that is a nationwide effort. I'm not sure if it's international or not, but at least a nationwide effort. And uh, they have a, a weekly meeting in Chattanooga on Wednesdays. I went to the first one this morning. I was there for less than an hour and even just a couple of conversations that I had there, I walked away just that much more invigorated. Yes. And um, as much as my, mm-hmm. I have some tendencies toward being an introvert, I find that connecting with people, being proactive and connecting with people still at the end of the day really is truly invigorating. And of course, there's potential benefit both personally and, and mm-hmm. professionally as well. It's so. a lot like exercise. You don't always want to do it, but you're always glad you did in retrospect, you know? 
Absolutely. And I think we're going to actually touch on that here in just a little bit. But uh, enough on that. Haley, I'm sorry to, again to, to kind of leave you out of the conversation a little bit. No, but, uh, it's totally how's, fine. How's the last week been for you? It's been good. Um, not much going on personally. It's been one of those like down weeks where you don't really have anything planned. Um, but work-wise, it's going great podcast episodes are happening. Um, I think Ryan Duggar hasn't been released yet, but it's coming out in like two weeks maybe, or maybe next week. I can't remember. Okay, cool. Um, exactly. I want to listen to that one. I'm ex- yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Ryan is a, Ryan is a really, uh, first of all, he's just a really, really great guy. Jill was actually saying after the fact again, actually maybe even been one of my kids that said something about just how genuinely kind he is, how nice mm-hmm. he is. You, like you want to have a conversation with him. You know, you meet those people that, um, you can tell just in their eyes that they're genuinely kind individuals and, and that's the kind of person he is. But uh, mm-hmm. he, he did, we did an interview for the Boca podcast. Ryan has a studio downtown Chattanooga and has a really interesting uh, business um, that, that doesn't just simply focus on one thing. We had a really interesting conversation about business as a means to an end versus business kind of being the end and, and letting that kind of de- uh, uh, define your identity too much. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a good conversation. So you're definitely going to want to listen in uh, for everybody listening in or watching. Make sure that you listen in uh, to that podcast episode to be coming up. And, and we're actually with the, with the Boca podcast now. I think I just finished the 111th or 112th uh, episode That's recording awesome. of the episode. Uh, we're at about 100 that are live. So we're putting out two week plus this workflow Wednesday episode. So three a week now. Make sure that you that you subscribe there if you haven't already. Yeah. But uh, thanks again to Haley for all the work that she's doing. It's, it's a lot of work and, and a lot of kind of um, almost frustrating, probably at times a busy work when it comes to producing the podcast, editing it, posting it, uh, post, pushing out to social media. And um, but she's doing an incredible job with that. And actually, for those of you listening in are really curious about how not only to use Instagram very proactively, both for the sake of adding value to your clients, as well as the occasional call to action. So kind of that uh, jab, 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 right hook. Uh, approach like Gary Vaynerchuk talks about in his book. Um, make sure that you follow the Boca podcast. You follow the Photographer's Edit account. Uh, the Photographer's Edit Instagram account is instagram.com slash photogsedit. And then um, Boca podcast Instagram account is instagram.com slash Boca podcast, just like it sounds. So B-O-K-E-H-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. And um, not only is Haley creating some some great content for the feed itself, but I've been really impressed with how she's using stories very creatively. Um, in fact, it's almost more enjoyable to, to go through the, the stories themselves just because of the way that she's used it. So if you guys want ideas as to how to more effectively use stories, make sure that you, um, you check out those uh, Instagram accounts as well. Um, this month, we are for the month of February, and we're going to actually extend it one more week. But for the month of February, we're talking about how to take care of our health. And yes, this is called Workflow Wednesday. Um, taking care of our health as part of the daily so-called workflow, uh, which is really everything that we do as entrepreneurs. It's part of our daily workflow. And so we wanted to start because really our health is the most important thing, health relationships, and then, of course, the actual day-to-day grind. Um, But we need to take care of our health. And and the conversation is about how to efficiently uh, and effectively, of course, manage our health. We talked about uh, last week in episode number two, how to take care of our health from a diet or nutrition standpoint. Um, this week, we're going to be focusing on the topic of exercise. And uh, and then we're going to skip a week. Next week, uh, I'll be out of town for WPPI and, and a short trip away. And uh, we'll come back the following week, which I think is, what is that, guys? March uh, 3rd or something like that, March 4th. Um, Two weeks from from today, uh, either way, uh, we'll be coming back for one additional episode we're going to add to the series, uh, and and that is taking care of our health when it comes to, well, very specifically, our mental health. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a phrase that's thrown around a lot these days. We'll, we'll get into kind of defining that, at least for the context of our conversation, and then talk about our personal experiences in that realm and... Um, and then share some some suggestions, some advice from again personal experience. And this is really a good segue, actually, for my next point, which is very simply that you know we are not uh, doctors or nutritionists or, or therapists or otherwise. We don't claim to be. Um, the things that we're sharing here uh, should be run by a nutritionist or a doctor or a therapist if you're going to um, if you're going to put them into practice. 
It's a smart thing to do. Uh, we're simply sharing from our personal experience the things that have worked for us. And uh, if we give advice, that's where that is that is coming from. But uh, we're going to extend the, the theme for this month, and then we'll be we'll be getting into a new theme for the remainder of the three week, the remaining three weeks of March. After that, so that is the plan as of now. Um, anything to add to that before we kind of dive into the topic for today, Haley or Heather? No, I'm ready. <laughs> Let's do it. Perfect. So as I mentioned, you guys can go back and, and uh, both watch uh, the Workflow Wednesday, Wednesday episode. If you go to uh, facebook.com slash photogs edit, uh, that's P-H-O-G-S-E-D-I-T. Uh, it's up on the screen now if you're watching. Um, uh, but of course, if you're watching, you're already there. So, uh, But for those of you listening into the podcast, facebook.com slash photogs edit, you can watch this live. Um, and then, of course, it's going to be on the podcast as well. And you can check that out at bocapodcast.com. So uh, the question today, then, is how do we effectively manage the exercise portion of the health conversation? And and really what I want this conversation to center around is the notion of efficiency, because uh, the excuse a lot of times, I mean, we alluded to this in the conversation about relationships earlier, is that we, quote, don't have time or we're too busy um, or you know, we'll see is, is, is another kind of common excuse. And when it comes to either scheduling something, you know, to, to get together with friends or family or even something like working out. And um, the reality is that if we're not, first of all, proactive, it's not going to happen, uh, or at least not consistently. But then at the end of the day, because we have so much to manage as photographers and business owners, it would be a lot more um, sustainable if we create a workflow for ourselves when it comes to managing our health that is simple and maybe even when it comes to exercise, those segments of time that we're actually exercising doesn't even take that long to actually get done. Maybe it's very convenient because you have equipment in your home or maybe walking is part of that exercise regimen. All you have to do is walk out the front door. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're going to talk about how we manage um, our health and more specifically in the, in the context of exercise today. And uh, so maybe what we can do is just for the sake of beginning the conversation, maybe Haley, you can start us off by talking a little bit about your background in sports and exercise, just to give context to the conversation, if you don't mind. Absolutely. So I grew up playing sports. I was very active in cross country and softball and basketball. And then like high school hit and I had to get a job. So I quit all sports and went into college and I never worked out. And that continued to go until probably December. So if we had done this episode in December, I would have laughed because there would have been nothing for me to bring to the table to discuss. It would have been terrible. Um, so I just never really worked out. It wasn't a priority and never really, I didn't feel the need to. And I'll get into it later as to why I started working out, but that's, that's pretty much the gist of why or where I have been in my history of activity and fitness. Okay. And you said you ran track in high school is that right? or in junior high? In, rather? Yeah. In junior high and elementary school, we had it for like fourth and fifth grade. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. What, what event or events did you run? It was just cross country. So uh, you ran a mile in elementary school and like a mile and a half and a half in high school or middle school. Sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, do you remember your fastest mile time? Uh, it wasn't good. <laughs> I, I do remember. Yeah, let's not be asking each other about our time. <laughs> I remember my very first race. There were, I think there were like 130 people that ran in this race. And it was, uh, girls ran against girls and guys against guys. And I finished 121st. So there were nine people that finished behind me. And, <laughs> but by the, my very last race, I was in like the 60s. So I improved. But I was awesome. never a great runner. <laughs> okay, okay. That's great. Um, all right, Heather, what about you? What about your backstory in athletics? Yeah, so my uh, my athletic uh, history began mainly in high school. And I played, uh, I played a team sport in high school. I played volleyball. I absolutely loved the sport. And um, but what happened was in my junior year, um, I, I, I was an outside hitter and I, um, I blew my ACL out. And um, I went to a small private high school and previous to my injury, we didn't do any kind of strength training. We did um, we did a little bit of running and we mainly just did 
drills that were related to the sport that we were playing. So there was no strength training. And at the time, I don't, I, I had no concept of how important that is when you're playing a sport. Um, even though it wasn't a contact sport, uh, there's a lot of jumping involved in my position. So I came down one day and uh, pivoted wrong and blew my ACL. So that led to um, a year of physical therapy because there was a, there was a re-injury during that time. And it was during this time that I began to see the value of strength training for the first time. Um, I did not even realize it because it was very incremental. But in my physical therapy that I had to do several times a week because of how severe my injury was, um, I began to just gradually get stronger and stronger and stronger to where by the time they released me after that year was over, I was actually feeling very fit. Um, I had worked my way up to um, being quite strong and um, that was a great feeling. So I actually, fast forward, I was able to play a little bit my senior year, not very much though. And um, I left for college on a volleyball scholarship. And what happened was that because my injury had been so severe and part of my injury involved my meniscus, which is the cartilage between my between my bones and my knee, um, there was very little left. And so I was told by my trainer in college that I could continue to play volleyball and be in a lot of pain and end up likely needing a re knee replacement by the time I was in my mid-20s, or I could quit volleyball. So that was really hard. I lost the sport that I loved. And um, I worked out semi-committedly through the rest of college. And, what does um, semi-committedly look like? Well, I wasn't, I think that the studies, the school that I went to was pretty rigorous academically. And so I think I was just trying to keep my head above water with the studying. I didn't have a lot of free time. I was one of those students who had to work really hard for my grades, um, particularly at the, the private um, college that I went to. It was not a breeze by any stretch. And so I, I didn't do a great job of making consistent time for exercise, but I, I utilized the gym on some level. I mean, I was there. For, I was there. I just wasn't as committed as I feel like I could have been. But it was during that time that um, I really had to struggle with how important is this to me. So in my early marriage, I, I had a gym membership. I saw the value of consistent exercise. And um, but that was a a, that was an easier season of life in terms of my commitments. So um, where I am now is a bit different, and I'll talk about that in a minute. But for that season, gym memberships were exactly what I needed. I had time. I didn't have a ton of responsibility. And so getting in my car and driving somewhere to go work out was feasible. And I and, and that's, that's what I did during that season of my life in early marriage, before we had kids, before we started a business. And that worked really well for me um, at the time. So. Yeah, gym gym memberships. It's such a, and we can probably get into this even further as the conversation yeah. moves along. But but gym memberships can be so wonderful because it get, gives you access to mm -hmm. uh, all the equipment, including the cardio equipment. But then it can seem so monotonous and even kind of lonely. Even if you're in there with other people, everybody's got headphones in, and mm -hmm. and you're just on this machine, and you're not going anywhere, and. Um, yeah, it could be a little bit manning. We'll probably talk about that a little bit more here in just a bit. Yeah, and I moved away from that, so we can talk about that that element too. So okay, cool. Um, well, I'll just very uh, as briefly as possible kind of just sum up where I come from. I played soccer for uh, years, starting back in fifth grade. Um, I started playing here in the states, and initially it was really terrible, but worked really, really hard as uh, my myself and my family moved back to Japan. Uh, in Japan, baseball used to be the most popular sport. It, it changed to soccer as, as culture shifted. And um, so I, I worked really hard, learned to play uh, better anyway there, and then ultimately got to come back to the States, play in high school, and then a little bit in college as well. I actually had a similar experience to you, Heather, um, in that I had three or maybe four knee surgeries, uh, all told, uh, both the combination of ACL and meniscus Mm -hmm. and um, and tissue. At one point, they were, I think it was the ACL reconstruction. The doctor was going in and trying to, to screw that graft into the bone. And as he's screwing the graft in the bone, shatters um, the bone that they were screwing that into. And uh, I woke up in the most pain that I've ever experienced before. Uh, they literally had, I don't know how much of it's psychological and how much of it is legitimate, but they give you that little that little button, that little pump. You can push <laughs> a red button. It's supposed to send morphine <laughs> into the drip. 
Um, and I don't know how much of that was was actually happening, but yeah, it was a really <laughs> painful experience. But the recovery from that can be really tough too, especially mm, um, at the time. You know, technology, medical technology has improved so significantly even since. Um, I mean, my last surgery was probably at least 12 years ago, maybe even more than that. And, and technology has improved. And now having an knee surgery and ACL reconstruction is, is um, quite a bit different. But uh, the re I never fully recovered from that. And mm -hmm. as a result, I missed out on the opportunity to kind of finish playing soccer in college and potentially even playing at least semi-pro ball after the fact. And, and uh, it's one of those things that I'm so bummed about still looking back on it. But uh, I like to, to play every once in a while. Um, after, after I quit soccer and I got married, um, I ended up gaining a bunch of weight, and I talked about this uh, in, in the last couple of episodes, but um, I, I ballooned as much as about 70 pounds or so, and I, I stopped exercising. Uh, and long story short, uh, back in 2000, that was about 2009, I started going back to the gym again and um, just spent some time doing some, a good bit of cardio um, and then transitioning from the gym out into onto a, and I wish I had a picture to kind of push up on screen right now, but uh, there is something called a recumbent tricycle that I started to ride. And I, I used to get a little bit of, uh, I, my, my friend Tim Halberg is a photographer out in California, used to give me a hard time about it, but um, it, it was actually a really fun little, I mean, it's a trike uh, nonetheless, but uh, a, a very racy one at that. And I'd go out and ride that for an average of probably an hour and 20 minutes or so, hour and a half or so a day, pretty much five days a week. Um, for an extended period of time, starting in about 2009, 2010, somewhere in that realm. And between that and a change to my diet, I ended up losing a ton of weight, um, about 70 pounds or so, 65 to 70 pounds or so. And uh, so that was what was different with that. That was a really great experience was the ability to be able to get out because I wasn't actively playing a sport was the ability to be able to get outside and, and actually be out in the fresh air and work hard and sweat and be away from the office scene. And that was really, really nice. And, and you know, we were talking about the, the gym environment. That can be, again, kind of frustrating at times. Being outside was really, really nice. And I think that made a big difference in, in the quality of my health. But um, I, I stopped writing that. Um, I, I put on a little bit of weight there for a bit. And what my, my exercise wasn't as consistent. But what I ultimately realized was that, um, number one, my biggest benefit uh, for my health was was in managing my diet, and I think that's going to be the case for most people. Really, I, I would venture that even ninety percent or so of our health it has to do with with diet, sleep, and and minimization of stress, and and then exercise kind of comes in after that. Um, and so I've I've spent a lot of time focusing on diet and not as much on exercise simultaneously, though. And, and I'll share some of these resources later. But I was able to tap into a couple of resources, one in particular. Um, that enabled me to be able to start when I was exercising to make the best use of the time um, with and with that time, then ultimately kind of get the best, the biggest bang for my buck, if you will, for my time buck. And uh, so I ended up racing triathlon for a season. I did a, an Olympic distance triathlon and then a half Ironman triathlon as well. And um, then I had to kind of step back from that and, and largely because of my knee again. But um, that's that's the kind of the long or the short of it. Uh, my background physically, but I, I want to kind of get back to all of us here. And I'm curious, it, it's, I guess we've all kind of alluded to it to a point, but was there ever a, a point in time um, where there was a major dip in the amount of exercise that yet you were doing? And what was the reason behind that? Yeah, I can go first. <laughs> um, so mine, obviously I mentioned that I had, I never really saw working out as a priority, but as soon as I started working from home, I realized I'm not getting any physical activity. Like the longest distance I would walk is from my desk to my kitchen and back. And I started losing my breath walking up a flight of stairs. And it just hit me one day, like I'm not getting any exercise. It's not that I'm not trying or, well, I wasn't trying, but before, you know, I had to walk everywhere. I was working in an office and if I needed something, it's not, no one would answer their phones or answer their emails immediately. So you'd get up and you walk to them. So I was constantly up and down, up and down. And here, working at home, I'm the only one here. So if I need Nathan or I need to talk to a podcast guest or anything like that, I just send them an email or a text and that's it. And so I got to the point where I realized 
I need to be doing more. Even if it's just getting up at lunch and walking around our neighborhood, I need to be doing something. Yeah, that makes sense. It really is so easy because of the, I mean, we talk about the the pros and cons of, of virtual life um, when it comes to relationship, but relationships, but even when it comes to exercise, it's true. We Most of what we do need to do um, as entrepreneurs, photographers happens virtually. And so we don't really have to, to get up and, and work too hard to make that happen. So yeah, that's, that's a great point. Uh, Heather, how about you? Yeah, I, I tend to be um, struggle and have a dip in exercise when I get out of my routine. Um, I do a very bad job when I tra- whenever we travel. I'm not the person who's at the hotel working out in the fitness center. <laughs> I think it's awesome that people, you know, people manage to do that. But um, so when I get out of a routine, I, I tend to fall off the wagon for a little while. But um, if I miss a day, I try to not miss another day the next day. You know, um, uh, when I get sick and get out of a routine, um, I try to not beat myself up and just get back at it. Um, but I do, I do struggle, but it tends to be, it wasn't like there was an entire segment of my life where I did nothing. And then now I'm in a segment of my life where I do perfectly every day. For me, it's just more of an ongoing struggle that I have to sort of combat, uh, the mentality that if I've, if I've had a rough week or a particularly busy week or not been feeling well, well, that's it. You know, I, I give up, you know, it's, I think psychologically it's a good place to be and to, to not be an all or nothing person, but to be a little more balanced in the way that we approach um, our behaviors and the things that we want to ultimately be long-term habits. So um, like I said, I just, I struggle a little bit when I get out of a routine, but if I miss a day, I say, you know what, it's okay. I, I'll not miss tomorrow, you know? Um, or if this was a rough week, I'm not going to miss next week. So that helps for me. That's and you know that's a really great point that you make about not being all or nothing. I'm I'm so <laughs> so much an all or nothing kind of extreme personality, and I'm and I think a lot of people can relate to the idea of like, oh, I screwed up, so I'm off the bandwagon of, of right. sorts, and right. um, and then you just kind of let let yourself go altogether, whether it's with exercise or diet or both. Right. Um, but but it, it is. I, I love the point that you make, which is, you know what, you didn't make it happen today. We'll do it tomorrow. And, yeah. and just pick up where we left off. That's great. Right. And the second part of your question, real quick, um, it was when you when you have that dip in exercise or when you're not doing what you need to be doing, how does that impact you? And for, for me, I have two big ways that it impacts me. I feel like I don't sleep as well when I'm not exercising and um, that it really manifests that way. And I also feel like I have a spike in anxiety. Like I'm not getting, the, I'm not, my brain is not releasing those endorphins. I'm not physically active. I feel like my body's not doing, you know, what it needs to be doing to kind of handle any stress that, that I might be feeling. And so I just don't do as well with those areas specifically when I'm not exercising. So those are big motivating factors for me, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. That's something that I've been trying to kind of work through uh, um, a bit myself on and off is, is addressing the the quality of sleep that I'm getting. Mm -hmm. I actually just got something and this really could probably be a topic in and of itself too, but I just got something yesterday to kind of test out is a, um, uh, a weighted blanket. Have you all ever heard of weighted blankets? I've heard, I've heard of them. I haven't tried one. Yeah, it is. It's really interesting. I'm not a hundred percent sold. I, I tried it last night. I'm going to maybe try it out for one more night. Um, they're okay. relatively expensive. So if, yeah. if I'm not going to use it or if I'm not seeing a big benefit from it, um, I'm not going to keep it, but it's the, the blanket itself weighs 12 pounds. And um, so you've, you've got that on you. And, and you know, if you've ever taken a nap um, with, I mean, even with a pet, like a, the weight of, of a body on you, even a little bit, it's amazing how that, that weight and that pressure, maybe the skin con- contact, whether it's with someone or even a pet, um, can, there's something about that that's kind of comforting yeah. and enables you to be able to sleep a little better. And so it's, yeah. it's um, supposed to simulate um, at least some of those elements of uh, potentially better sleep. That's cool. And, Keep us posted. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to let you know next time yeah. that, that we do this episode. Yeah. Um, as far as the dip in exercise, something that, um, I've noticed for me personally that where I'm in, where I, I exhibit inconsistency, I guess, is when I'm down emotionally and, mm-hmm. um, it really something that I've been trying to improve personally. And even just from a, a very basic ground level value standpoint for myself personally is consistency, um, first of all, in, in the way that I manage my emotional state and mental state. And again, we're going to touch on this topic mm-hmm. on the next workflow Wednesday in a couple of weeks. But yeah. um, when when I let myself go to a darker place um, naturally, and of course, I'm, many people can relate to this, uh, mm-hmm. but 
naturally I let, let my diet, I tend to let my diet go and uh, also let exercise go out the door. So that's a big factor for me. And I've certainly seen that happen multiple times over in my life. Um, as of late, as I continue, or as I've tried to kind of, as, as I might say, lean out, um, just lose a little bit of weight, get the abs back and get to a certain place. As far as my physical makeup goes, I've, I've focused on my diet because I still see the most benefit from that. And I'm at a stage now where I've leaned out enough that I want to put a little bit more muscle mass on. And to your point, Heather, I, I, I do see some benefit um, from the sleep standpoint from mm -hmm. exercise, even if it's just a few times a week getting in the gym and doing some high intensity exercise. And I'll talk about that here mm -hmm. just a little bit. But um, I, I'm at a stage now where I'm going to kind of shift. I'll continue with my the, the way that I eat. Um, but I'm now going to put a bit more emphasis and effort and consistency into exercise. And I'll talk a little bit about the exercise regimen that I'll likely be doing um, here in just a little bit. And so let's go ahead and segue into that. Uh, I'd love to hear, and this is really kind of the, the primary focus uh, for today, is how do we currently uh, efficiently manage um, and carry out our exercise regimens? And, and hopefully this will be at least a starting point in conversation for those listening in who are like, you know what, I want to exercise a lot more. Um, I'm not sure exactly how to make that happen amidst my crazy busy schedule. I've got so many different things to juggle and kids and mm -hmm. uh, you know, a spouse or partner or boyfriend, girl, whatever it may be. I've got so much going on. I don't know how to put exercise in there as well. I'd love to hear each of your perspectives on that very topic and what exercise looks like for you right now. Uh, Haley, we'll go ahead and start with you. Yeah. So I am probably the opposite of the norm. I don't know the word for that. It just like slipped my mind. Anyway, what I'm trying to the say. The outlier? Yeah, sure. <laughs> I, <A> freak? <laughs> well, that's, maybe. Oh, that's a loving way to put it, yes. <laughs> I, I don't work out in the morning. Like, it is not for me. I I can't get up. I, I mean, I can get up. I just cannot force myself to work out before a full day of work because I feel exhausted by the time I start work. And I've tried it before. I, I tried it in college, too, and that's when I – just did not work out at all because there was no way I was going to make it to an 8 a.m. class after working out and getting up today. You know, if I were to work out before I started work at 8 a.m. this morning, there's no way I could have done it, especially since I, I have to go to a gym. Um, I don't feel motivated when I'm at the house. So my husband and I go to um, a county gym that's for police officers, which is really awesome of the county to do. We don't have to pay for it. It's free for all employees and families. And so um, going there really motivates me because it's I'm not at home. There's not a million other things I could be doing. Um, it's really similar to when you're working at home and you have to create that space for you to work in. Otherwise, you're going to go clean everything if you're in another room. So I shut the door every morning when I come in here and this is where I work and I don't leave this room until unless I'm getting lunch or it's the end of the day. Like I just don't leave this room. And so leaving the house allows me to have motivation while I'm there and working out there. Um, but our routine currently is after I get off work, we will go to the gym at night and there are days that Steven works at night. So I do have a routine I do at home. But it's nothing like what I do at the gym. <laughs> there's no weights. There's no running. It's um, it's a program. I can't remember her name. There's this app that is it I like a P90X or is it a different style of workout? It's it's a different. Well, it's similar. It's a Kayla. I don't. It remember. signs. Yeah. Is yes. It, Kayla, it signs. Yes, it's her. And I did her program for a month, and I ended up not enjoying all of it. But there were key workouts that I just kind of memorized on my own. And now I do those and it's timed workouts. So you do seven minutes of one thing, seven minutes of another or something along those lines. And, but if I'm not working out the house, we're working out at the gym. Got it. Okay. So do you find like, just, if you look at over time, the benefit that you get from doing that, that workout versus going to the gym, is it, are there comparable benefits do you think, or what do you find is more beneficial? Uh, going to the gym is definitely more beneficial. There's more things for me to work on. Um, more, I, I do enjoy working with weights. And then there's, uh, we have row machines there as well, which I really enjoy. Steven and I 
race on them, but um, obviously <laughs> I <awesome>. never win. <laughs> he can be on like the highest setting and I'm on the lowest and he's still going to beat me and it's fine. <laughs> he's, he's much stronger than I am, but my, my goal with working out was 100% to gain muscle. Hmm. Um, I don't want to be like bulky or built or whatever. I just want to be able to lift something and not have to call Steven in to lift it for me. <laughs> yeah. And so that has been probably the the biggest goal for me. Um, I don't really pay attention to a scale because I know that my number is going to go up because I have no muscle mass on me. So I'm not even worried about that aspect of it. It's just, can I lift this 50 pound bag of dog food if I need to, <laughs> even to do it. <laughs> Very practical goals there. I, yes. but I like that you actually pointed out goals because it, it, it wouldn't hurt to, and maybe Heather, when, when we go to you and you kind of talk about what you're doing now, you can also talk about your goals. What's motivating you um, mm-hmm. to exercise? I, I'm glad that you pointed that out, Haley. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and I also like that you've got both the plan for the gym in place, um, you know, weight, strength training, and weight bearing exercise is, is so important for multiple reasons over. And, you know, as I alluded to earlier, we are not doctors or trainers or nutritionists. And, and um, just for the sake of simplicity, since we are talking about efficiency, I'll go ahead and throw out this resource, um, which is one that I mentioned last week uh, talking about diet, but uh, that is bengreenfieldfitness.com. If, if you guys want a a resource that will kind of give it all to you. And, and I understand it's just one resource and just one. He, he certainly offers some both of his opinion, but uh, is also a nutritionist himself and, and backs up what he talks about uh, with extensive research. Um, so, uh, but, but I, would, I would highly recommend going and checking out both the website uh, because it's easily searchable and it's just an absolute wealth of knowledge. It's been around for years. He also has a podcast. Um, you can check that out there. But even when it comes to this topic of the significance of weight-bearing exercise, uh, it is really, really important for multiple reasons. And, and you'll hear Ben talk about that or read uh, that information there on his website. It's really, really important. Yeah. Um, Haley, or go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah. Well, one thing you mentioned earlier was P90X. And I know we've talked about this before. Um, I'm not doing the P90X series but on, I think it's the latest P90X that was released. Um, I'm working my way up to doing those, <laughs> yeah. but, um, they're pretty they're, hardcore. Yeah. yeah. I, I tried it one time, um, a couple of years ago and gave up after like 10 <laughs> minutes in, but the newest series is like 30 minute workouts rather mm-hmm. than an hour. And they have a warm up that's 15 minutes. And I do that every day. Like, even if I don't work out, I'm doing that because it stretches your muscles and it's also, it's kind of a fun workout too. It's not fun the first like four times you do it, but once you get (laughs) used to doing it, it's really nice. And I feel so like tight if I don't do it every single day. Um, So that's definitely one. If you are interested at all in just incorporating stretching into your routine, um, it's, it's a really good one. Well, and we'll make sure for those of you both watching and listening in, we'll make sure to link to all of this, uh, all these resources that that we're bringing up now and uh, links to sites and so forth. Uh, we'll put all of this in the show notes if you go to bocapodcast.com. So I'll go ahead and put up that link here on the uh, on the screen for those of you watching. But just go to bocapodcast.com and under Workflow ep- Wednesday, episode number three. Um, you'll be able to find links to these various resources uh, there at bocapodcast.com. You can check those out. But I was going to say, Haley, and then we'll go to you, Heather. Um, Haley, that, that kind of kudos to you, really, for having kind of a plan B in place, right? Because, again, to Heather's earlier point, if we are all or nothing um, and we don't get one thing done because, whatever, we're too busy to try to go all the way to the gym uh, or we, we worked later in the day and so we, we're running short on time. If you have a plan B, if you've got a 10-minute workout, a 15-minute workout, a 20-minute workout that you can just throw in and do really quick, at least you've done something and it's not a, a total loss. I think that's a really great uh, approach. Heather, what about you? What does what your exercise regimen look like right now? Yeah, so I think I alluded earlier to the fact that um, a gym membership worked really well for me for a lot of years and um, that's great. But I think that with exercise, like life in general, your you know life has seasons, and I think that one of the keys to being successful at whatever our goals are is to actually be able to adapt to those different seasons and do what works for you in the current season, regardless of whether it matches up with what you were able to do a few years ago. So, 
with heightened responsibility for me, having kids, starting a business, uh, and also um, choosing to homeschool the kids right now, right now, the season that I'm in, uh, it became very obvious. I walk out the door and exercise in my neighborhood and I try to get, um, I'm a minimalist, Nathan, like you. And so I don't like gadgets, but I will say that my Fitbit, I have absolutely, it's been a game changer for me. I love it because it's a visual representation, particularly when I open the app on my phone. It's a visual representation of how active or how sedentary I've been that day. Um, and it's highly motivating for, for me to see the steps and the calories and the uh, floors that I've climbed and the active minutes turning from blue to green when I meet those goals each day. Um, that is really helpful for me. So um, I have my Fitbit and I will go and I happen to have the benefit of an extremely hilly neighborhood. So I'm actually getting a really good cardio workout and getting my heart rate up pretty high, just walking, a, a, just a fast power walk around my neighborhood. Um, I've got basically a uh, 1.5 mile loop that I do and I power walk it with my 10 year old daughter and she's got a Fitbit too. And so it's a social activity. It's a bonding activity. We get outside. Um, we have clothing for when it's hot outside. We have workout clothing for when it's really cold. We've, um, we've been excited because we've patted ourselves on the back for working out in crazy cold weather, which <laughs> might for some people be a deterrent. But for me to be able to literally walk out my front door and be exercising within 30 seconds is a huge, huge benefit. So, um, I am we're basically trying to get, we're trying to meet our active minutes goal for the day, which is 30 minutes of cardio, getting our heart rate up for 30 minutes. And when we come home, we stretch to try to make sure that we stay loose. And then um, we alternate between doing some push-ups and doing some planks um, after that, just to, just for our toning. Um, so I don't, I'm not doing a lot of strengthening right now, but I do like that I'm you know, we're investing in having a healthy heart, but with that cardio. So um, that's where I am right now. And that's what's working for me right now. And that's what's feasible. And so I think that, um, you know, overall, I'm, ha I'm happy with where things are right now. I do look forward to a time when the kids are a little bit older and we can maybe join a gym as a family and work out together. I think that would be a cool, a cool experience. And my older daughter's already ready for that. It's the younger one that you know, isn't quite there yet. <laughs> so, well, but I love that you, that your part of your exercise incorporates a, a bonding experience yeah. too with your daughter. I think that's really, really cool. And uh, how you said 30 minutes of activity, how many steps does that end up translating to normally in a day? Oh, well, we get, I get over 10,000 steps. Okay. Um, any day, sometimes I reach the 10,000. If, even if I have a busy day where I'm not exercising, I'll sometimes get over the 10,000 steps, but, um, you know, I, I feel like I average about 12,000 steps a day um, and four or 5,000 of those are coming from that 30 minutes of active uh, exercise that I'm getting every day. Well, and, and again, the, the point that you make about creating a, a, well, in this case, a workflow, if you will, for your exercise that is sustainable is so important mm -hmm. because if it is overwhelming and you know, if, if you start, let's say you set a New Year's resolution that has to do with your health and more specifically exercise and you create this massive, massive mm -hmm. goal to work out say an hour a day or two hours a day or wh whatever it might be, but it's so overwhelming that it ultimately is uh, a deterrent. Even just looking at that, oh my goodness, I have to go work out for an hour or an hour and a half. It can, be, can become so overwhelming that you don't actually get it done. Having, first of all, easy access to that form of exercise like you're talking about, being able to walk out your front door mm -hmm. is awesome. And then, <laughs> and then also, the simple notion of 30 minutes, I mean, it, it's hard to argue that that you don't have 30 minutes in a day to go take a break from whatever it is that you're doing and get outside and walk a little bit. And, and of course, even more motivation that you get to do it with your kids. Yeah. Um, they can kind of be a mo additional motivation there, which is really, really great. So that, that's that's really I love the the simplicity of that. And ultimately, that's that's really what makes a big difference. You know, we, we get overwhelmed as business owners. And of course, we're going to be getting into this even more as we get further into this topic of workflow this year. Uh, but specifically with exercise, if we create a complicated exercise uh, regimen, if we have a complicated diet uh, mm -hmm. and it's a lot more difficult to maintain consistently, it's just not going to be sustainable. So let's keep Absolutely. it simple 
as possible, um, make it as easily accessible as possible. And Haley and Heather, you've both done that. I think that's really, really great. And I think we'll be well on our way to consistency in the realm of exercise, which is mm -hmm. so important as well. Yeah. I'll just briefly share a little bit of, of what I've um, not only learned, but then what I've applied. And uh, I'll, I'll reiterate, <clears throat> excuse me, reiterate uh, Ben Greenfield's uh, website. I'll bring that up here just one more time, just as a, a resource, because this is such a massive topic when we're talking about exercise and, and nutrition and, and diet. And then, of course, mental health, all massive, massive topics. None of us are certified to be discussing them in much detail. What we're sharing is from personal experience. And if you want a really great professional resource when it comes to nutrition as well as exercise, make sure you go check out bengreenfieldfitness.com. I've, uh, I've got that there on the screen, uh, but then also we'll link to that in the show notes as well. And Ben was a, a massive resource for me um, as I was trying to improve my health and come out of that. You know, I weighed close to 240 pounds. And um, and then ultimately going and training for triathlon because he raced triathlon very competitively uh, for some time. And uh, but but the cool thing is he's a great resource for those who really want to push themselves. But if you just want if you're looking for simple solutions to your to your diet and for exercise, he's also a great resource and um, scientifically driven resource, too, which is so, so important. Uh, so make sure you go to that resource. And that's where I've learned a lot of what I do um, to Heather's earlier point. I am a minimalist. And so both for the sake of keeping things as simple as it, so I don't have a bunch of moving parts in my head. And even when it comes to something like exercise, um, I try to keep my workout simple as well. I also want them to be sustainable. Uh, and that means that they're not overwhelming when I look at you know, going to accomplish them for the day or for the week. Uh, but it also means ideally that I can also take that exercise regimen with me on the road. And that's really, really important to me too, because I travel a decent amount. And um, if I'm on the road, I want to be able to still be consistent in that if I have a regimen going. So mm -hmm. a, a typical uh, workout week for me would look something like uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, 20 minutes on the elliptical machine at the gym uh, doing a high intensity interval workout. Now, if, if you Google high intensity interval training or you Google even something called the Tabata method, which I think is really kind of the origin of the notion or the idea of um, high intensity interval training, um, you'll understand a little bit of better what this means and maybe how you can apply it to your life personally and to your exercise regimen personally. Um, I, I love working up a sweat. I played soccer for years. I miss that to this day. Occasionally I get to get out and play. Um, but for me, I like pushing myself. Um, but I also know based on scientific research that within a 20 minute workout, um, as long as I'm truly pushing myself during that high intensity workout, I can actually get, uh, the benefits um, that some people will experience from hours of regular cardio. And so understanding that, knowing that I need to maintain a certain amount of muscle mass in my legs, um, largely for the sake of the health of my knees, which I've had issues with, and ultimately want to get the, the multiple benefits that come from pushing myself both on a cardiovascular level, the hormonal benefits that come from high intensity training, and, um, and of course, as well, the, the muscular benefits. Um, these high intensity elliptical sessions work really well for me. And very simply, it starts with a four minute warm up. And then um, I go 30 seconds really, really hard. The way that you're supposed to do this, if, if you look into this very much, is, is that, that that segment of pushing yourself really hard is, is uh, you could even go to the extent of feeling almost sick if you're pushing yourself. Now, again, not, not, a, not a doctor, not a nutritionist, and don't push yourself that hard until you chat with your doctor. But um, when we talk about having the most benefit from this style of workout, you really have to push yourself hard during that segment, whether it's 30 seconds or 10 seconds or whatever it might be. For me, it's a 30-second uh, hard, and uh, so I'll bump up the, the intensity on the elliptical machine itself, and I'll push myself harder for that 30 seconds. And then it's 90 seconds easy, basically coasting, just continuing to move, and I go back to 30 seconds hard. And uh, I, I go 30 seconds hard on the even minutes. So at four minutes, I go 30 seconds again. And then at six, six minutes, I go 30 seconds hard again, eight minutes, 10, all the way through into 18. And then I finish off uh, with a total of 20 minutes on the elliptical machine. It is invigorating. Um, again, if you do just a little bit of research, not, not only on Ben's site, but just Google it, uh, you'll see the significant benefits that come from this particular style of workout. And um, something that I mentioned just in passing earlier, but it's really important to understand that part of weight loss and maintaining really good health uh, is minimizing the amount of stress that you're causing to your body. Cortisol um, is a, um, is a significant part of that. And you're, if you try to, if, if you're doing a lot, you know, hours and hours and hours of cardio in order to lose weight, you can actually get in your own way. 
and high intensity, short high intensity exercise like this helps minimize the stress on your body while still getting significant benefit, multifaceted benefit. And uh, so this, if I get any kind of workout in during the week, this is the workout, this is kind of my go-to. Um, from a, a muscular standpoint, when it comes to exercise, calisthenics for me are a favorite. So push-ups, pull-ups, um, squats, or even something like, we got a dog in the background there getting excited. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. Um, squats or kettlebell swings. Uh, I actually have two. I, I'm looking down here because right next to my standing desk here, I've got two 55-pound kettlebells that I can use not only for squats, uh, but also individually for for kettlebell swings. And again, you can you can search, particularly on YouTube, kettlebell swings. Make sure that you use the correct form is really important. Um, but kettlebell swings are good for your core, lower body strength, uh, even upper body strength to an extent. It gives you a really great cardiovascular workout as well. And uh, and actually, if you want to get started with a simple workout that wouldn't take any more than say five minutes of your day, kettlebell swings are a great place to start. And um, you can actually search. Uh, we've, I think we mentioned briefly Tim Ferriss on these Workflow Wednesdays episodes uh, before, but if you go to Tim Ferriss's website and blog and search kettlebell swings or just kettlebell, um, you should, you'll be able to find some helpful information there as well regarding that. It's a great place to start if you want to keep it simple and not do anything else. But um, squats or kettlebell swings or maybe some combination of both and then core workouts. So that's either sit-ups, although sit-ups have been kind of um, – their significance have minimized, been minimized in recent years and, and uh, trainers uh, and, and otherwise have, have made suggestions that there are more beneficial ways that you can go about strengthening your core. And if, again, if you do a Google search and, and particularly search on Ben Greenfield's uh, website, you'll be able to find more conversation around this topic. But for me, my favorite, um, it's, it's challenging, but is uh, leg lifts. So I've got a, a pull-up bar uh, that I can hang in my doorway and I can hang from that pull-up bar and just simply lift my legs up till my my thighs are uh, horizontal and then slowly, you know, basically five seconds up, five seconds down. And that's going to work my core and, and even that that little the, the V-shaped muscles uh, leading down from my core. And um, and I can get a core workout through that. And so those are the simple kind of calisthenic, uh, the, the calisthenic work that I that I prefer to do. Um, I have used uh, suspension cables in the past uh, also as a means of. Uh, I guess you could call it calisthenic work, but for the sake of strengthening muscle and core, and but also having the ability to be able to take that workout with me, you can you can hang these suspension cords uh, from uh, the from a door frame or from you know if you go to a playground from the from the swing set and use these to do push-ups and um, and uh, row style uh, exercises and, and core work. I mean, incredible core work that you can do with these, but we'll link to this to even, even something like that in the show notes. So you guys can take a look at that and see what that's about. Um, but all of these workouts, whether I'm doing calisthenics work or the high intensity workouts on the elliptical machine, um, the, the key here is the simplicity of it. Uh, number one, and number two is the efficiency of it, you know, 20 minutes, maybe 30 minutes total, and I can be done with a full workout for the day and then get on to something else. I personally like to do it in the morning because it, it kind of it helps wake me up, invigorates me and gets me going, gets my body revved for the day. And I really enjoy that. Uh, but for that high intensity exercise, three times when I'm when I've got a regimen going, it's three times a week. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday is, is uh, the goal. So nothing too insane, nothing too crazy. It's not difficult to keep up with. Uh, but I will just before I before I stop here and we kind of close this conversation for the day, I'll reiterate the importance of minimizing stress. And if while exercise can be a way to uh, minimize the effects of stress, if you're not first of all addressing the root cause of that stress, um, you're you're only putting a bandaid on it. And if you've gotten to a place, and I know not only from personal experience but just from listening to other photographers. I know that it's easy as an entrepreneur and as a photography business owner to get to a place where you're so stressed out um, that it is just exhausting your body from a hormonal level and um, further pushing yourself with additional stress by going out and exercising hard. It could potentially make things worse, worse. And um, believe it or not, for those of you who are trying to lose weight, I've actually seen the most benefit from a weight loss standpoint in leaning out uh, when I've not exercised, I just focused on my diet, I ideally got good sleep and, um, and, and actually had more contact with people, uh, was more social. 
uh, I saw more benefit from those activities than I did uh, from exercise. So take care, get, make sure you're getting sleep, make sure you're minimizing stress, uh, make sure you're eating well, make sure that you are consistently um, to, to our original conversation at the very beginning of this of this episode that you're mm-hmm. consistently connecting with other people and then figure out that efficient workflow or the efficient exercise regimen and you can put that in place. Um, I know it's four o'clock and Heather's got a hard cut off. She's got a date with her husband. So we're going to let her go do that. Thank you guys so much for making time to share um, with our listeners today. And uh, again, I know this is a loaded topic and we could go much further with this. Do check out the resources that we'll be linking to in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And um, we'll be continuing with Workflow Wednesday, episode number four in two weeks. Uh, Next week we'll be off, but in two weeks we'll be uh, tapping into the topic of mental health. It's a loaded one, uh, but we're going to share from personal experience and help encourage conversation around that. Anything to add, ladies, before we go? Well, Rich is not back with the kids yet, so I had one more thing, if you don't mind. It'll take about two minutes. Absolutely. Um, I was thinking about how, in terms of exercise, um, there's a lot of people have these big lofty goals of of things that they want to attain uh, for either exercise itself or weight loss or clean eating. And I think that, you know, while some people may be highly motivated and very disciplined in order to accomplish these huge challenges and goals, I feel like far more often people struggle with self-control or waning motivation to make these huge changes. And so there is a TED Talk um, by a man named BJ Fogg, F-O-G-G. And the TED Talk itself is called Forget Big Change, Start With Tiny Habits. And I love this TED Talk because he's talking about behavior and motivation and habits. And by setting small, easily attainable goals, it helps us to eventually reach these larger um, goals that we have. He explains how a daily trigger, something as simple as going pee, would be your your um, could be an easy way to establish a new habit. For example, every time you go pee, you would do two push-ups. Well, the beauty of this is that after a year, at, at, you know, going pee is a daily trigger. That's something that you do multiple times every day. Doing two push-ups is an easy goal. You don't have to work up a huge amount of self-discipline or motivation in order to accomplish that quick, easy goal. And after a year, he's doing 60 to 70 push-ups a day because he gradually increased the amount of push-ups that he was doing. So um, after I put the kids to bed, I will set out my workout clothes. Or after I load the dishwasher, I will take my vitamin. And this is such a beautiful, encouraging, inspirational uh, concept for those of us who struggle with making huge goals and maybe falling off the wagon and maybe beating ourselves up or feeling like you're just going to throw in the towel. And so I just wanted to end with that very practical tip, because I think that that is something that a lot of people can identify with and could hopefully be an encouragement to a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it is the small steps in the end. And I think we talked about this uh, maybe in one of the, the previous episodes, but it, it's kind of like project, the idea of project management, right? If, if you say I need to go clean the garage, well, that idea of cleaning the garage is really overwhelming, or I need to go remodel my house. Yeah, that, That's yeah. a massive, massive project that if you look at it on its own, it's going to be so overwhelming that you probably won't actually begin doing it. If you break it up into small, attainable, easily attainable tasks, you're more likely to start to knock each one of those out. And so mm-hmm. I, I, this is a really important principle. I glad, I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, I, I mentioned Ben Greenfield earlier. And one of the things he talked about was putting the pull-up bar in your doorway. So every time you walk through that doorway, mm-hmm. you are doing, you know, however many pushups, I think he was doing 10. And so at the end of the day, he's done, you know, hundred, hundred pull-ups or however many it might be, but having those small triggers, like you were saying that remind you to do even just mm-hmm. something small for the sake of beginning to develop a habit is really, really a great recommendation. And uh, so thank you very much for that. Haley, anything you want to add before we close? Um, I think for me, one of the biggest things that has allowed me to have the motivation was finding a workout partner. Um, So Steven is, my husband is my workout partner. And I know for a fact that if he didn't say, hey, we have to go to the gym today, I wouldn't go. And it's one of those things that, if you don't have someone motivating you, you're probably not going to put forth the effort if it's something you really don't want to do. And for me, working out isn't something I love to do. And mm-hmm. having the motivation in someone else to say, if I'm going to work out, you're going to work out. And then you, you feel like you have to. Um, so that's been a huge motivation for me 
but then also finding some sort of reward. Um, and this is going to sound so silly, but the gym that we go to has this really awesome shower and our hot water is like, you can take a 10 minute shower and it's out of hot water. (laughs) (laughs) So at the gym, it's unlimited hot water. We both get so excited. We're like, okay, we're going to the gym today because we get that really long shower. That's so funny. And it sounds so silly, but just having that like luxury at the gym is something that does motivate me to go because I'm like, well, I would like to take a really long hot shower today. (laughs) It's so silly, but it works. And even if it's like something really small of you get to do something you really love to do if you work out every day that you set out to work out this week, I think that kind of motivation is really helpful. Well, and the hot water shower is a whole lot healthier than having a donut to reward yourself exactly. for working out. You know? <laughs> um, um, I love that. Well, it, it, I mean, it just, just goes to show that, that uh, we're all different and we, we have different motivations, <laughs> including hot showers. Um, that's, I know I, it sounds crazy, I, but I, I love it. But it, and it really is true. At the end of the day, we need to find our motivations and, and uh, hopefully uh, to, to Heather's point, they're healthy ones. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and if, if that's what it takes, do it, make it happen, but start small, find a little bit of motivation and make it happen. And there are ways to do this effectively. And, and again, we'll link to all the resources that we mentioned in the, in the, um, podcast notes at bookpodcast.com. Make sure you check those out. Thank you ladies so much for Thank making you. time to do this today. And uh, we'll see you guys. For those of you listening in or watching, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. We'll be back with episode number four, talking about mental health. Have an absolutely wonderful day. Bye-bye, too. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.